Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind the scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves, and of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of what does being fit mean to you? This episode is brought to you by the Form and Function Movement Lab. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know Dr. Eric Nobby has totally transformed how I look at movement and injuries. He may honestly be a wizard. The Form and Function Movement Lab is movement therapy and education designed specifically for you. The team incorporates chiropractic, physical therapy, and strength training principles to quickly help you overcome painful issues and, better yet, teach you how to manage these issues on your own at home. They will work with you one-on-one to identify your big wins, perform joint manipulation and myofascial release for immediate relief, you know how good that feels, and provide online programming for you to move and strengthen your way out of pain between sessions. They even have a recovery studio called the Recovery Lab, where you can utilize red light therapy, compression therapy, and learn to use self-care tools to relieve daily stress from life in workouts. So amazing, all those toys. If you think this sounds like something you need, which I'm telling you it is, visit ffmovementlab.com and book your session now. My guest today has a mission to empower people to find freedom by questioning the status quo. He and his family make videos, record podcasts, take pictures, and write books with an emphasis on prioritizing relationships. In 2018, they set the record for the largest family to through-hike the Appalachian Trail. The eight of them, including six kids at the ages of 16, 15, 13, 11, 7, and 2, hiked 2,189 miles, averaging 13.6 miles a day. Please welcome the father of the family, Ben Crawford of Fight for Together. Welcome. Hey, thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you. I honestly don't even know where to begin. This is probably the most difficult podcast conversation I've ever prepared for. Really? Because there's so much. You should see my... Okay, look. first of all, look at my notes. I should show <laughs> you my notes section of my phone because as I was reading... I would be like, okay, I got to talk about this. Oh my God. Okay. What? I got to talk about this. Like what the fuck? A forest fire. I got to talk about that. Like I just like had a running list. I mean, we have time and you could, I <laughs> guess I should have told you this beforehand, but like you could do two parts if you want. I, I, like, I, I well, live, I think I live 1.8 miles away from your okay, house. Yeah, that's good. That's good to know. We'll see what we can do. I'm not, I'm not going to try to like scrunch it in, but we'll see. First of all, anyone that's listening, if you have not read the book. 2,000 miles together. We're going to talk about it, but we're not going to be able to talk about everything, and you should experience it yourself. I I can't count how many times I either teared up or shed actual tears. Really? Like how many? Like give me an like, estimate. I can't even count. For real. I'm not kidding. It is so moving and inspiring. Like anytime there was fucking trail magic, like I'm sobbing. Wow. I'm serious. It was very, it was so inspiring. Like, I feel like it was in such an incredibly 
difficult, crazy thing to do. And the, and the thing about it is that it wasn't about the hike. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, you're like, <laughs> you are the audience for this book evidently, because I haven't talked to anyone else that's teared up for the trail magic parts. I have literally shed tears, Ben. <laughs> I love it. I think I am. I think I am the audience. I told you before we started recording, like I'm just like anywhere out. I'm going to say like a cocktail party story. Obviously there's not cocktail parties happening, but like anywhere that I am, I'm like, okay, listen to this. I've got this story. You got to hear about it. I mean, I, I cry myself and I've talked to a number of people that cry. Like there's, there's a couple of key moments that are like kind of the guaranteed tearjerker. What are they? Uh, well, like the ending, which I guess I, I don't want to give away fully. Yeah, sure. I don't know. You should, um, because you start the book with a, as a little bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah. So, so the ending, um, just the way our family made a decision. And then there's probably a point like early on, like a lot of people reference, there's this point when Eden, who I think was 15 at the time, came back and helped my wife by carrying her backpack. Mm. A number of people say that that made them cry. I think it was like the references, the, the relationships that you made along the way with the other people and like you wouldn't see them in a while and then you join back up or. That's so fascinating. Like just like those moments that you could be, I don't know, because I think that like I can really feel it. Yeah. And uh, there's like a concept that I want to talk about later, this idea that like pain almost feels funny when you experience it together or something along those lines where it's like, I just had this, you're going to laugh at this, this, I'm ana- laughing already, but. this analogy that I'm going to make, but this is the feeling that I think that is similar. So I did this like little girls weekend trip to Hawking Hills back in February. There was like 10 of us. Okay. And we went on a hike right? I was like part of the trip. We're going to go on a hike. And it was just around Hocking Hills, like six miles. Well, in my, from my perspective, like not a big deal. Apparently people that don't really hike a lot, it is a big deal. What we did not know is that the trail was covered in ice. And I'm not, I'm not talking like it was slippery. Like it was icing or ice skate rink ice. Like it was so slippery. And, you know, it was like kind of cold, snowy, whatever. So it made the hike very difficult. And all of us together kind of had to like work to get like band together to like get through this difficult time. Not really that difficult. Like it's fine. We know we're going to get back to the car, but just the feeling of like, you have to work together to achieve this common goal. I just left that trip. I'm like, how do I recreate that? Like you can't, that doesn't just like happen or, you know, we couldn't have planned it that way. Right. We couldn't have been like, okay, we're going to set out and we're going to do this. It thing. doesn't happen on accident, but yeah. yeah, but I, I, I actually disagree. I think those moments are beautiful. And I, think I, so they, do I. I think they are difficult though. Yeah. Like, I mean, in a way I respect someone who does that. I mean, more almost, well, it's weird. Like oh, people like that d- through yeah. hike, you know, we those through hiking for people that don't know, like our, our trip was five months long. Yes. But it takes you almost a month or two or three weeks to get into this mindset. And then you get used to it. It's almost like you become a different, you become an animal or you become like a athlete yeah. or you get into this mindset that makes it easier. So for me, I always respect people more that go on day hikes. I'm like, that's hard. <laughs> like you drive to the fucking place. It takes two hours. Yeah. Then you have to find all your damn gear. Then you have sure. to put it on. It's not comfortable. You're not used to it. It's kind of smelly. And then you do all that what, for four hours yeah. and then you drive another two hours. Yes. That sounds like Sunday. a lot of work That's to me. Every Sunday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, how do you do that? Like for us, we packed once and we drove once 
and then we hiked for five months. Right. We and you like turn into months. an animal in the process. So I, I respect it. I think it's hard to just get off your couch, period. Yeah. Okay, and uh, we left that. our home and our couch one time. And to get to Hocking Hills, you left your home and your couch no, one time. Right, it's, right, right, it's right, right. Tra- that transition is tough. Right, right. But the but the, again, I think the feeling, that similar feeling of like, okay, we need to get through something hard together. Yeah. And it's I mean, so powerful. It's beautiful. And like if you compare that to going out to a night for cocktails, that's fun also. But when you come back after sliding on your ass for six miles on ice. You Literally talk about it. Asses. You talk about it for a decade. <laughs> yes, for sure. You know, and you're like, sure. that sucked. What a bunch of idiots. That was terrible. Yeah. And it's that there's a magic there that I'm like, why don't we plan that more often? Yeah. That pain or those accidents right. or those disasters. Right. I mean, we call it, it's weird that we call it a disaster yeah. when in every relational way, or even the way you make memories, it was a win. Yeah, oh, 100% too. I mean, I think it's the same the same feeling of a sports team, right? You go through hell, the practices are hard, whatever, but you're like working together to like get to something else. But, but when you reached out to me on Instagram originally, and I was like, oh, cool, this is great. Yeah, they hiked the Appalachian Trail. I love hiking, great fit, whatever. And then I read the book and I was like, oh, yeah, it's not about the hike. It's about this idea that, you can live life however you want to live it. Hmm. And you Man, can live it on your own terms. That's so fascinating that you took that away from it. because I thought that was the point of the book. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, There's wait, a lot, it, But people that? take out from it what they want to take out from mm, it, I think. Because a lot of people say, oh, it's a hiking book. A lot of people say, oh, this isn't a hiking book at all. This is a parenting book. A lot of people say, like, oh, this is an adventure book. Well, that's you wrote a book then that can appeal to or people can get whatever message they need to get out of it and for me it was very affirming and like if I'm making certain choices in my life and my relationships how I want to live that's outside of the norm I feel comforted knowing that other people are doing that and like experiencing tremendous amount of joy and like living life to their fullest potential and maybe it doesn't look like someone that you know can't take their children on a one hour hike because they're like, I don't know if they can keep up or, you know, children don't belong with the adults here. Like I just, everything that you said in the book, I agree with Hmm. everything now to, and to me, it's hard that someone would not agree. And again, I'm not a parent, so I haven't had that experience, but what I have such a hard time understanding is like, it's your fucking life. Yeah. They're your kids. Like you should be able to do, and we're kind of, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves and referencing some, some things that happen, but like, why does anyone care what anyone else is doing with their life? I've also, you're not murdering people and you're not poisoning the water system and like whatever, but like, it is weird because I mean, in a way I'm surprised to hear you don't agree with our thing. And in a way I'm completely not surprised because I worked really hard both on my belief system in the last five years or the work was done to me. I'm not exactly sure how to say it. Mm. Uh, and in writing it to not tell people what to do. I mean, which would have been very natural for me five years ago, like, oh, we hike, you should hike. Yeah. Or like everyone right. should get outdoors more with their kids or screens suck or something like that. That right. was like more judgmental. But we just shared our story yeah. and we said, this is how we thought through it. And some of the actions we defended, some of them we didn't defend um, because I don't want people to end up 
hiking long distance trails with their kids. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, some people maybe should yes, if right. they want to already. Yeah. Like I, like, like even what you said, knowing there's other crazy people out there, if people are crazy already and they're like, I was looking for just to know it was possible. Yeah. I'm like, great, go do it. Mm-hmm. But maybe other people, they do something else that's just hard and challenging for themselves. For yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So it, it, it would be weird for me. If, like sometimes I get, I read a comment and they're like, well, I disagree. And I'm like, with what? We didn't tell you to do it. Like exactly. We don't live the same life. Right. That's okay. No one does. No one lives the exact same life. And that's like, beautiful. and what did you, you kind of refer to it as like counter culture parenting or is there a term? I don't know. Uh, like there's parenting a lot of terms, but I, that's, I think that's one of the catchy terms that okay. like the public publicity team came up with for yeah. us. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. I well, I, what really resonated with me is that I have a lot of anxiety about becoming a mother someday because I had this belief system that my life's over. Um, I can't go do yeah. that really fun trip that I wanted to do because yeah. I have a kid. And I, you, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to have the experiences that I still think I want to have on this bucket list of life because I'm going to have a kid. Mm-hmm. And reading your book gave me such comfort where I was oh, like, I love that. I don't have to put my life on hold. Like there's really no reason. And I, and I, I guess rationally, you know that, but I just, do you needed, though? I mean, I I'm know, not I surprised because I didn't someone. know it. Yeah. I thought when I thought I had kids, like, I mean, this is sick to say, I'll share it. I've never shared this online. I don't think, but when I got married, I used to have fantasies that my wife and kids would get in a car accident so I could climb Everest Yeah, because it was the only way I knew to like have that adventure. Like I was super adventurous. Then I got married young and I had kids and, mm-hmm. and it felt like I needed to give everything up. Mm. And while that is like kind of a sick thing to share in a way, I think it was the only way my mind knew yeah. how to kind of reclaim that adventurous part of myself right. that felt like it died. Yeah. Um, but then we kind of discovered along the way, but we really did discover it because no one was telling us we could do these things and there wasn't a whole lot of examples. No, you hear the messaging is really, at least the messaging that I've internalized is your life is not your own anymore. You're, you are put on this earth then to, raise a child and tell them what to do and be an authority over them and like make yeah. sure this they stay alive and, and like you have to sacrifice healthy. everything that you care about you have to sacrifice yourself yes and them. i think that's really tragic but i also think it's very predominant and i think it's it's that's probably one of the biggest reasons why i wrote the book yeah and even me going on the trail after being a parent for 17 years I still thought, I mean, to show how deep that mindset is, I've been fighting that mindset for 17 years at this point when I went on trail pretty strongly and aggressively because we, we did crazy shit early on with our kids that yeah. people said you can't do. Yeah. Um, but then we go on the trail and I still expect to have a subpar trail experience compared to these single guys that yeah. are partying and dropping right. acid sure. and doing these 30 mile days <laughs> sure. in the first three weeks. And I'm like, fuck, look at us. Yeah. Like we're going eight miles a day yeah. because our kids are barfing in a cabin. Yes. Are you working on your fitness? Are you working for that next level fitness? Prism is a new level of Pilates. People who go to Prism don't go to class to fuck around, period. They go for the slow, deep breath, killer Pilates workout. Reformer Pilates can seem intimidating. I hear you there, but Prism welcomes all new clients to come check out their studio, which is beautiful, by the way with a free intro to Reformer class every Saturday at 11 a.m. and offers a one-week unlimited for just 
$30 for new clients. Prism's teachers, all of whom went through Prism's teacher training, will leave you feeling empowered and inspired and most definitely shaking. Pilates is so much more than a system of movement. It's a methodology for cultivating self-confidence, poise, and the power to claim the most out of life. Fuck yeah to all of that. So go check out Prism and Oakley and book your class through the MindBody app today. And I, so I kind of was expecting to have a shittier experience. And by the end of the book, I think we paint a pretty good picture for, there's a damn good case to be made for our experience being richer Mm -hmm. and having more depth because of the complexity of the relationships. Mm -hmm. Certainly compare, I mean, you can't compare, but, but it was certainly as good as people that were footloose and fancy free in their twenties with no kids, no responsibility. And I love being able to tell that story to people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it came at a really good time for me. It really did. And that was, it was just, it really felt like a sense of relief. And I'm sure like I identified closely with it too, with the hiking thing and I'm so into it, but also just like this constant conversation. Up into reading the book, because I, my husband and I are tentatively thinking like we'll start trying to have kids at the end of 2021. And I literally looked at it as like a doomsday clock. Okay, hmm. I've got it. I've got now, what is it? I've got seven months. Okay, until it's over. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't fucking look at life that way. And especially like, I want to have children, right? I yeah. want, it's not like I'm being held against my will to do this. And it was just like, I am, it's, I am looking at this the wrong way. Well, it makes sense though. I mean, it's, it's the picture of parenthood that is sold to people. Um, and it's, I think it's fun to have alternatives, to know that there's alternative right. ways to live out there. Yes. And that's all we really want to offer folks yep. is like, hey, there's, there's more than one story of yeah. what you can do, what, what's possible with kids, what kids can even enjoy. You know, because like, there, that's another misconception is I think a lot of people might think, oh, okay, they drug their kids for 2,000 miles. They put their, our kids in one of two categories. Mm-hmm. They say either your kids are super fucking kids, they don't whine or cry at all and they're just amazing and I'm like fuck you like you have you don't know shit about (laughs) our family because there is a lot of tears yeah okay and the second thing is um what's the second thing uh shit I forgot they're so they're either super kids or you probably drug them screaming yes exactly or I drug them along and they hated it and they're just going along with mom and dad's idea but the third option is that they're actually just like us they're smaller versions of us where they they like to be challenged. They believe in um, delayed gratification. I mean, kids are smart. They mm-hmm. know that good things come from working. Mm-hmm. Like, even like if they save more money, they get the bigger candy bag. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're not talking about genius level yeah, stuff here. Right. Um, and that they they appreciate these relationships and they appreciate uh, being pushed and feeling valued and facing dangers and all these things. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I love the fact that. There's just another story out yeah, there. No, I mean, it's, I'm really glad you shared that. That's yeah. It it was really it was really significant, really really impactful for me. So so why did you choose to do this hike? Why did you choose to hike over two thousand miles with your six children and your wife? What what made you set on that journey? Well, it's um, you know, when you hear about things like this, I, I hear this common story, and this is how it was with me. There's people that once you hear that the trail exists, you're like, oh, 
there's a 2,000-mile trail that goes from Georgia to Maine. You can't think of not doing it anymore. I mean, I'm in that camp. Like, reading this, I was like, should I do this? Am I going to do this? Like, what? Can I? Okay, like, I'm, I'm, I can't do it, but, like, I can I can picture myself doing it. Yeah. Like, I and can visualize odd, that. The second you know it's possible, yeah. you're like, oh, shit, I have to come up with a whole bunch of reasons why I shouldn't do it. Yeah, it does, exactly. So, okay, so that bug hit us. Mm-hmm. Like, we came from the West Coast, so we didn't even know about the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. Then we were on a bike trip in our... Uh, like we were 21 and we were biking. So you guys are like, event. you've do, you do like backpacking. You like mm. like adventurous things before or no? Before the Appalachian trail. Yes. Okay. But not in our younger years okay. for neither me or, my, okay. me or my wife. We picked it up, uh, when we first got married and we did like some weekend trips where okay. it was like, this is the coolest thing. Yeah. But, but the Appalachian trail, we spent this night, um, on a bike trip, biking across the country in a garage with Appalachian Trail hikers. Oh. And that's where we heard about it for the first time. And there's these people and they have these Wait, you backpacks. you a bike, a, a bike trip across the country? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we can glaze over that. That was, uh, Just you and your wife? Well, no. It, our daughter was, she turned one on that trip. Oh, my God. And then my wife, we hadn't told our family, but she was pregnant with number two. Oh. So we didn't want to tell anyone in case So she's we, like in a little carrier, right? Well, they were in a trailer, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Bikes okay. are easy because you get pull all the way yeah and we were on welfare For sure easy <laughs> <laughs> well compared to carrying on your back yeah. uh, but we were on welfare this is one of the funny things about that trip we were on welfare i was waiting tables my uh-huh. wife was in school mm-hmm. we were on welfare so we got free jars of peanut butter from the government okay so i i'm we brought all these jars of peanut butter with yeah. us to eat on the bike okay. like that this was the food we had we had ten dollars oh a day budgeted for all three of us so that was like Okay. So Those you, are harder times. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Okay. But okay. Good to know the state of mind that you're coming into this with that, like that has been an experience of your past. Okay. Okay. So that's where we discovered the Appalachian trail. Cause we were staying with these hikers and they told me about this thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, you just carry your shit on your back. Right. And then they told me about trail magic. They said, yeah, we, you come along the stream and there's just beer in the stream. And I didn't even drink beer, Yeah. <laughs> but I thought beer in a stream sounds awesome. Sure. It's like, heaven. and it's right. called trail magic. Like, I know it's so mad. It magical. It really is. Yeah. Like I want that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so for, I tried to get my wife to do it, um, 17, 18 years ago mm. and she would have none of it. She mm. was not interested. She did not like adventure. She did not like the outdoors. Yeah. She no, was I, afraid. I, I identified with her so much when you might had this quote that was like, she likes planning organization and relaxation. And I was like, yes, Cammie. <laughs> Yes, I as well, like all of those things. (laughs) I feel like I'm torn because like I'm like that in some regard, really a lot like rules, rules. I love things living the way they're supposed to. But then also I like crave an adventure and like want to have that freedom. So I'm like pulled. Well, you can do hiking in so many yeah. different ways. No, for sure. For you sure, know, for pe- sure. It's, it's just like people's personality. Right. Uh, so there's, there's all the ways to do it. Yeah. Um, so we had been thinking about doing this for a while and we had done some smaller trips. And I think in those, in that 15 years that our kids were growing up, we realized, oh, this is possible. Like mm. we can do this. Kids can walk. Mm-hmm. Um, we had done some 20 mile days um, mm. and our kids had started running some marathons and things that right. seemed impossible at the time. But we're blown, we're as blown away as anyone. Right. We're like, oh shit. Okay. This is possible. And then it came upon my daughter's like, she's going to be 18. Mm-hmm. And we're like, if, if this is ever going to happen, we got like, this is our last shot. Right. Cause she'll go off or she'll start. She'll yeah. Make, make I and mean, we just decision. plan on our kids doing yeah. their own thing. So that's what really kind of lit a fire under our ass. And then, I mean, 
it was kind of like, well, why kids? But our question was, why would you do it without your kids? Mm-hmm. That's been kind of one of the default, you know, you talk about, um, you know, dreading becoming a parent mm-hmm. and things. And I think if, if when you become a parent, you accept this list of these are things kids can't do. Mm-hmm. Like kids need to go to kids places and watch kids shows and right. eat kids meals yeah. and do kids activities. I think that's hell personally. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have that experience because I was raised by my grandmother. And so she had already had like raised her kids. And then I kind of like came along and I was just hanging out with like her and her old lady friends or her older friends. I was always with older people and they didn't make accommodations for like the one six year old. Right. Like I was playing rummy. I was, you know, eating the burger with blue cheese and whatever, you know, (laughs) just like shit that they fed. Like (laughs) I didn't have, I wasn't given special drinking vodka. Yeah, sure. Exactly. (laughs) Which, when you go to Germany, the kids are drinking beer. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so it was, I think without that mindset, you know, I always knew that the type, when people do the Appalachian Trail, it's the type of thing that anyone that gets off it, they say it was like the best, most life-changing thing they do in their life. I get it. It's the same thing with when you talk to adults who ran a marathon, they say that thing, they're like, oh, that was one of the most hardest things I ever did in my life, but the most gratifying. Right. And what what I always found a little bit weird was how we as adults do those things, But then we think that kids, we give kids this like small kid size menu of activities Mm. to do that. Those activities suck. Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. watch Netflix, play video games. Uh, What else? Collect baseball cards anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think they're allowed outside (laughs) anymore. It's too dangerous. Um, So we keep them inside. Um, And what I saw more and more was like kids, I don't know if they, if we get the same satisfaction out of it, they can get it out of it. So why would I, why would I go to my adult? Why would I spend six months achieving the highest accomplishment I ever would as a human yeah. and then leave my kids behind yeah. so that they don't get to experience it? Because it's too dangerous, Ben. And there's rattlesnakes and there's blizzards and they could it's their true. ankle it's on a true. rock. They could fall off a cliff. And that shit, it really, that's that, it really does scare people, that stuff. Yeah. And I think it's unfortunate because I do think that those are, I don't want to minimize and say those aren't real things. No, right. They are. But, but I think those aren't the things that make a good parent. Like when, when you finish 18 years of parenting, you're like, what made you a good parent? You're like, well, my kid never got bit by a rattlesnake. Like, and I, I think that's a byproduct of maybe the media. Like, cause mm. if, a, if a kid gets bit by a rattlesnake, everyone knows about it in the entire damn city or state sure. or country nowadays sure. or world. <laughs> and then everyone's like, every parent's like, oh shit, what if my kid right. gets bit I, by a rattlesnake? Mu- must be mean I'm a bad parent. So then you start parenting to avoid rattlesnake bites, which mm-hmm. means hence no going outside. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And it was, I also I just want to call out for people, the, le- the, um, what am I trying to say? Distance covered here. We talked about this before we started recording. Vancouver or okay, so Tijuana, Mexico to Vancouver and halfway back down again. To Vancouver, Canada. Right. That is the distance they traveled. On I-5. Well, that's the freeway out there that we used to drive. But obviously the on the other side of the country. Georgia to Maine. I didn't know the Appalachian Trail went all the way to Maine, actually. I just always thought of it as in the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, huh? But it's not. It starts really low. So you started in March 1st, right? Mm -hmm. And then you ended August? August 9th, yeah. August 9th, you had to make your trip. Um, So one of the things that I would like to do, I want to... Oh, also to note, okay, 
that whole distance, right? They're doing that. They take a break in the middle of their hike to come back to Cincinnati to run the Flying Pig Marathon, and they used the marathon as motivation (laughs) for their kids to keep hiking. They're like, hey, guys, okay, if we let you run this marathon... You know, you're going to give it your all when you're back on the trail. And the kids are like, yes. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? When you put it that way. That is what happened. Which is funny because I'm staring out your window at the places where we ran. Yeah, no, right yeah, here. it's right out here. It's just mind blowing. Okay. It just gives you an idea of like the level of fitness, which brings me to my first question. I want to like go through all the notes I made. And I want to talk about either questions, concepts. Did you guys train for this? The hike? For the Appalachian Trail. No. You not. didn't walk around with weighted vests. You didn't know. No. No. You just showed up in Georgia. Yep. Fuck. Now, I will put a caveat to that because our family, up until the trip, I would say up until a month before, we were consistently, our family like exercises. So we lift weights, mm-hmm. at, especially at that time. Um, and all the kids are lifting weights too. Maybe not the two-year-old. Uh, like not the two-year-old. Yeah. And <laughs> maybe not the fi- uh, six-year-old. Okay. But and, but we everyone ran, okay. excluding the two year old, including yep. the six year old. But that's not um, that is not the type. Nothing can get you in shape, in my opinion, for hiking fifteen miles a day right. with thirty pounds. You just got to do it, and you you'll just get gotta strong as you do and it. it. It's just going to be painful the mm-hmm. first month. That, I mean, the most of the fitness or the training, if you want to call it that, for me was mental. Mm-hmm. My kids knew that they could do hard things, and I knew that they could do hard things, and I knew that I could do hard things. The, the combination of those things. I think most parents, when you see Just your kid crying. That's confidence, right? Like, confidence, yeah, yeah. Confidence and confidence even in decision-making. Because mm-hmm. you know what's hard? I mean, and, and this is – it's weird. I don't know if we talk about this in the book. Maybe we do, but, you know, it's one thing crying, but seeing your kids cry and walk, that's where you start to wonder, like, Oh fuck. That's hard. It pulls on something. Am I a good parent? Am I causing permanent damage? And it's like, maybe, but also you have to believe in this other thing, which is like, wait, okay. People have been outside for thousands, millions of years, whatever. And they've done hard things and kids have cried. And this is not an easy trauma free thing, but either is sitting at home on iPads. Yeah. So you you have to have like this decision-making, you have to decide some, some things ahead of time I think that made it a lot easier for us, but right, and and it was by no means an easy decisions that you guys came to to be like, are we going to keep hiking in a snowstorm? Like, are, are they losing too much weight? Like, this wasn't something you flippantly went through, right? Like, you had a lot of thought process and and weighing of options there. So it's not like you were just like, yeah, we're going to do it, and like, who cares if we get bit by a rattlesnake? Like, you thought you were worried. Yeah, there was, I mean, it's, when you're walking all day, you're thinking about stuff all day. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's like, safety is not a one-time, it's like this decision-making matrix. I mean, even when you're walking in the snow Mm -hmm. on the ice, like you are describing it, like, every step you're probably like, hey, is this, are we going to be able to make it back? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do we have to go on our ass? You're watching your feet. It. Yeah, yeah where you're yeah. Step- I mean, yeah, there's a thousands of decisions every day you're making. Yeah. And I, I was pretty aware of that stuff. But it's it's also weird. Like, I also think it gets a little bit inflated. Like, because our family became famous in a way for yes, doing this. right. But then I asked people, I'm, I like to point this fact out. It's like, what did we do? We walked. That's like literally all we did. We walked. And you lived out in the wilderness. You didn't like for like long stretches of a time. Not more than like 
four or five days. We were in hotels and restaurants and we're carrying freeze dried food. Now I I get that it's unusual. Yes. But I, but I want to point out it's a very, what we got famous for is actually a very basic thing that almost anyone's capable of doing. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's, there's a bit of irony there, I think. I, I can see what you're saying. I agree. I, f- I remember now other times I cried when people would offer you help. Like when they would like call, call or like get in touch with you and be like, hey, come stay at my mansion or like, oh, so what, cool. you know, <laughs> like just the, just think the kindness from people that you didn't know at all that were like, we want to help you. That was really moving into Yeah, it, it really, the environment made that type of thing shine. I actually think there's people in this neighborhood that would probably do the same thing if they knew that you needed their help. Yeah. But yeah. the way our houses are built and the way we have apps now and yeah. we can, if I'm hungry, I have like literally a hundred different solutions on my phone. Right. Like I have Amazon fresh. I have Uber. If Uber's down, I could do Grubhub. <laughs> if right. Grubhub's down, I could call, you know, but on the trail, I think people pick up on the fact that you might actually appreciate their help. Yeah. And then that you see it come out. Yeah. It was a beautiful like conduit for human kindness. Absolutely. I, I want to talk about this concept of like this, the need for motivation to keep going and like how you motivated a 13-year-old, an 11-year-old, 7-year-old. I think of myself as an adult, right? I'm highly disciplined. I have like a strong willpower. But I feel like that's probably been developed over a lot of years and confidence in knowing I can do hard things. Like, How did you keep your team? It's essentially like what it was. You're kind of like the leader of the team. How do you keep them motivated? Well, you know, it's tricky. I think there's a couple ways I'd answer that. One is there's like little tips and tricks, like you know you give them candy. You're like, hey, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna stop for, you know, that's the easiest one. Food like, has got to be the biggest motivator. <laughs> gummy bears in five You're minutes. You're like, hey, we got a hotel coming. Oh, up. that those are big ones. So like, I mean, here's a simple um, kind of like through hiking hack or trick or something we picked up on. A lot of people see the Appalachian Trail as a 2,200 mile, five or six month adventure. Well, that's one way to see it. The other way to see it is a bunch of three day. Mm. mini backpacking trips to towns. Yep. And that's the way that became the most helpful way for us to see it. It's like, okay, hey, we're going to try and make it to this town in three days. We mm-hmm. got a hotel booked. There's an awesome restaurant there. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Anyone can do a three-day trip. Yeah. And then you just do a bunch of three-day trips without quitting. Yep. And then you're done with the Appalachian Trail at yeah. one point. <clears throat> yeah. So th- those things motivated kids and adults. And I guess like the other thing is like kids are also motivated on their own in a way once they pick up a new rhythm and i guess what i would say is like at home like everyone says oh the trail is hard right you're dealing with bears and trees and shit yeah walking yeah but home life is not easy either no like email and boredom and trying to figure out what to decide to watch on netflix i I I honestly would rather pick i think the trail than yeah like (laughs) i joke about netflix indecision but it's actually it uses brain power that actually sucks the life out of us and when you're on trail and your only damn task is to walk, to poop, it and to eat. It so incredible. It's, I was, it's like a fantasy land. It's so simple. Yeah. And everyone just kind of knows what to do. You get up and you start walking. Yeah, right. And <laughs> kids like it. Yeah. Like, I mean, not all There's of it. There's purpose to it. And There's purpose. You get to see. You feel good. You look at animals and plants. Everyone has a job they have to do. So you're doing meaningful work. You're contributing. And, and they are interacting with their parents 10 times more than they are when we even have screens available. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. Uh, you know, in a way we did pull the parent role and help motivate 
in another way, you just get the technology out of the way and you get a task in front of us that's big enough. The The best move we made is getting on the trail to begin with. Yeah. I don't even think it necessarily has to be like a parent. Like you need a leader, you know, like even at work, like I, my job is a leader. Like I got to motivate my team. I don't want to do shit or it's hard. <laughs> like that's half my role, right? It's like, okay, we can do this. I really love the idea is like release valves for motivation. And like we need, you need to rest. Even if, you know, you have a crazy goal to reach, that rest, that like, okay, we're working to have this moment where we can let it go. Yeah. I feel like that, I took so much relation to that in my everyday life, like big goals or even like monthly challenges, whatever, you know, like, you know, you just, you got to like work for something and then have that release. That's why I both think holidays exist for the human race. Yeah, you know? like, I think, <laughs> I think maybe how I see that is leaders oftentimes have a slightly bigger perspective than other people and you have to be able to step back and to show people like this isn't a never ending task yeah you know there is there are endpoints there mm-hmm. are checkpoints like you're talking about rest points and, yeah but like there's a story in the book it, you probably read it about um, my son his name is seven mm-hmm. I think he was 13 at the time and he was complaining a lot oh yeah and that became problematic because he's kind of going like on and on and on about complaining about this. And, you know, and I get it. Everyone can relate to that. Like the person that just like doesn't stop complaining. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's hard, mm-hmm. but it also takes energy away from everyone. Mm-hmm. And the solution we came to eventually, uh, which ended up working out brilliantly, was we just asked, we gave him the option to quit. Yeah, you can go home. And, and play video games in the air conditioning. And he thought about it for two or three days. This was in New York. And then he came back after a day or so, and he said that he was deciding to stay. But we, the caveat was, if you stay, you can't complain. Like, you have to own it. Yep. And what we saw happen was then he knew it was his decision. Yes. And then he stopped complaining. And what, what I learned from that was it wasn't that he was complaining about the hiking or the heat or the bugs. He was complaining about the feeling of not owning the project and it not being under his control. Mm-hmm. So once we kind of, like... And we weren't bluffing either. That was yeah. the hard part. Because it's easy as a parent to be like, fine, you want right. to leave now? Right. And then, like, really, it's right. just an idle threat. Yeah. But there was a train that was going back to New York that I would have put him on if he would have asked for it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. and we gave over the control, and really, we won him over. And he didn't complain. Not, like, I mean, we all complained. But yeah, right, it was different. Right, right. All right. Who started working out at home during the pandemic and decided... This may just be the permanent move for me. No commute times, no dealing with rush hour traffic at 5.30 p.m. to get to your 6 p.m. group fitness class and you're already sweating profusely before you even walk in the door because you're anxious about being late and someone being in your spot. (sighs) Getting flashbacks. No dealing with other gym goers not putting their weights back correctly or maybe like hogging the squat rack or something. Maybe you even have a little corner in your house or garage that you've turned into the perfect cardio strength oasis. At any rate, if you're loving working out from home, I've got a special treat for you. Past guest Casey Hilmer of Power Ride, you remember her. She survived a near deadly stabbing attack while she was out on a run. Very strong girly all around. She has an on-demand library full of classes to keep you moving at home. For $19.99 a month, you'll get access to over 100 workout videos, plus five new classes are added each week. You can pick from cardio classes, treadmill classes, and strength classes. 
ranging from 10 to 60 minutes. So truly, whatever, whenever, you can get it in. There's something for you. Casey is so energetic and full of life. Her classes will absolutely have you sweating, building, and burning. Click the link in the show notes or What The Fit Podcast Instagram bio and sign up today. This is big self-care. Giving yourself the gift of a workout programmed for you to do anywhere. Come on. And you had a moment with one of your daughters too, right? Where you kind of mm-hmm. did the same thing. Like, hey, if you want to go. And then she decided to stay. And we gave the, the our two oldest kids yeah. uh, who are teenagers um, the uh, the decision up front. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you asked about the motivation. That ex- that even impacted their motivation. Because oh, they yeah. knew from the beginning it was it's their, their choice. Decision. Yeah, they're there for sure. Um, okay, so this was something that really got me a lot. You spend a lot of time in the book sharing the horribly negative comments uh, yeah. that people would leave on YouTube. I was pretty shocked. And I've heard other people with large audiences say, you know, we talking about Joe Rogan earlier, like he says, like, you can't read the comments, right? Like, don't read the comments. So why did you choose to read the comments? And like, how did you process that? We're literally, they're like, you shouldn't have your children. Like your children, your children should be taken away from you. They're going to die. Like they were terrible. I can't even remember like how, what the bad ones were, but why did you give that light? Yeah. I love the comments. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you see them for what they are, and that's what's tricky. While we were on the trail, I got to a point where I couldn't handle the comments. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the comments were horrid. They were I mean, terrible. People were telling me, like, I should be dead, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that our kids should be taken away. And just, like, you know, it's crazy, like, the kind of stuff you can read on the Internet about yourself. But then... When you step back, which I wasn't able to do really on the trail, but afterwards, yeah. when I'm able to step back and say, like, those comments aren't really about me. No. They're about who these people, like, we're characters in a TV show to them. Yeah. It's like you would talk about The Simpsons or Darth right. Vader. a real housewife. Like, we'd be yeah. like, Darth Vader is such an asshole. Yeah. You know, right. and we're like, he's not a real person to us. Yeah. And he's not a real person. I mean, that's a fictional character, so it's a little bit different. No, I know what you mean. But, yeah. um, so... I'm totally fine with people doing that, generally speaking, and like having discussions and knowing that they're creating projections. But when it gets confusing is when that impacts our decision making. And I think social media is like just one giant test case for this that we just have to be really careful of. Yeah. Um, So I included these because it's such a key part of our life is how do you... How like how many likes something get gets on Instagram or Facebook? It's I th- I don't think we should completely ignore it, right. but also how much do you use it to make decisions about your life? I know if you think about actual life decisions, yeah, yeah, or that it can have an impact on like your mood the rest of the day. Totally, like that's and nuts. I want people to wrestle with that because we had to wrestle with that, and and in the course of wrestling with that, we found a lot of freedom in realizing, because one of the things I draw out in the book, there's this section where my wife and I stay up late and we're reading this forum on Reddit about us. Mm -hmm. And it was the most fucking depressing night, not of my life, but on the trail probably. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's up there in my life just because I got so confused in my head. Like I couldn't figure out like what was, I was like, are we crazy? Am I a narcissist? Am I just doing this to get attention? And am I willing to like sacrifice all my kids' health? Will they hate me someday? This is the stuff people are saying and everyone's just piling on. Mm -hmm. Like, and you get one person that's like, uh, maybe they're okay. And people just destroy them online, you know? 
Um, and I even hopped on and, and like try to write a few facts like, or like, and they just destroyed me. No, so right. I was like, you, there's no- okay, this isn't, this isn't a dialogue that I can be a part of that's heading towards what I would consider more truth finding. There, there's something else going on. And like I said, I don't want to judge it because I think they're entitled to it. Maybe they're getting some other energy from it, but it wasn't helpful to me. Mm-hmm. So it gave me permission just to turn it off and be like, that has nothing to do with me. Right. There's no way it helps me. No. And we were able to focus on hikers and hikers were all fucking about us. Oh yeah. They loved us. I mean like support. And maybe there was a few that would talk shit behind our backs. I don't know. I want to, I don't want to claim for every hiker, but when I would look at the people in my real life, um, people would bend over backwards for us and drive hours to give us meals Mm -hmm. and scoot over in shelters and laugh and joke with my kids and walk for miles and carry them. And, Bring chocolate. I mean, just yeah. like thing after thing after thing after right. thing. So the question that we had to ask ourselves is, who? what are we going to focus on? And that's like a metaphor for my entire life. Yeah. I have people, yeah. sp- especially from like religious communities, that hate what I'm doing from my old life. And I used to let that run my entire life yeah. until I blocked all their asses. Yeah. And now I'm happy. Yeah. So I'm Truly. like, Truly. everyone has to decide who they're going to ignore. Yeah. And yeah. like who they're going to listen to. Yeah. I, I think... I've always said that I'll know I made it when I have a hater <laughs> and I have like a sexual assault charge against me. Like, not, or, or like someone claimed that I like sexually assaults them in a bar or something, you know, like something like that. Like yeah. that's when I know I've made it. I don't have either yet, but someday I, I'll, I'll we'll, we, we can only hope, right? right. Only hope. <laughs> Cross your fingers. Someone will be, Maybe it'll be tonight. death threats and saying that I harassed someone. Um, but I, I think that, I would, I would just not pay attention. I would just, I would have, I would not even be able to like read it or, or put my energy into it knowing me that I would just like get, I think sucked in and, and just like you said, be like, well, am, am I this, did I do this? You know, like whatever it is, just like second guessing. I've always been of the opinion when I think of like doing my podcast or doing anything creatively, like I have to put blinders on. I don't want to see what other people are doing. I don't want to like take away from what's going on with me. Well, and like I said, there's there's definitely time periods where I have found that absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. When I started my vlog, my YouTube channel, I had to surround myself with people that support me 100%. Yeah, yeah. And it's because I, I asked some people, there were some friends about it who were like, uh, I don't think you should do that. And I was like, you know what? I'm not hanging out with you for the next six months. Yeah. And it's not because they were wrong. It was like, I just can't handle that lack of support right. or that, those questions bounce around in my yeah, head. Yeah, like I just need, yeah, I need the energy, the supportive energy. Yeah. Which is real. But in writing the book, I, I just wanted people to know, it's kind of like even how you came to that conclusion that if you're, well, you've made it once, people are going to hate you or yeah. accuse <laughs> you of sexual assault. You know it, it's going to happen. Yeah. Success for you, the way I hear it, is not being defined as getting everyone's approval. Yeah, yeah. And that is, that's so important. That's to, the hardest part of, like, like, that's, that's probably the hardest part. Yeah. Because you can't please everyone. And but, accepting yeah. that, that that's, you have to come up with a different definition of success. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to include that in there to know, in the midst of what we were doing, as, as incredible as a lot of the audience will think it is, mm-hmm. some of the biggest internet voices were saying what we were doing was completely idiotic. Yep. And destroying our family. Just had so, just had so many people weighing in, like throughout your trip. I can just, 
oh, it just seems like, yeah, there's like one obstacle to deal with, the trail obstacle, living, surviving on the Appalachian Trail, and then the internet obstacle of like people yeah. just like throwing shit at you. And obviously it wasn't all terrible. You had great things come of it too. There, but there was a lot of positive things that yeah. came and I, I picked the more divisive ones to include in the book yeah, because <laughs> for obvious reasons, I think I think it's more entertaining. We've kind of talked, we've kind of talked about this. In my opinion, the, the book is just kind of one long story of, you know, it's valuable to do difficult things. You can do difficult things. It's valuable to do that. I've told you, you inspired me. I want to do a hundred mile hike. We can talk more about what that looks like. Um, I, I, yeah, I just really got from this book. Like I want to do something to, to really push myself, but what did you see a lasting change in the kids when it came to, you know, just them being able, you said they already had confidence, but like just coming through this and, and now years later that they're like, oh yeah, like I did this thing. I can really do, I can do this thing. No problem. Do you see that like live on? Yeah, I do actually. I don't think it's just from the hike, but there's a mindset that my kids have. It's weird. Like my daughter just got a job at a pizza place Mm -hmm. and she's talking about the difference that she has in mindset compared to some of the other people around. She says a lot of people that work there, they feel like they're there because they need to be there. Mm -hmm. And my daughter says that she knows she could go somewhere else or she, she's, she has fun there because she knows it's her choice to be there. Yeah. And I feel like that's a byproduct of it's weird. Like my kids know what they're capable of Mm -hmm. and like my, she's eight now. Eight or nine. I can't keep track of this stuff. She was the the youngest female to she hike. She was the youngest the female to hike, Flea. She, she was seven when she did it. She was seven when she did it. She ran two marathons <laughs> and hiked the Appalachian Trail before she learned how to read. Oh my God. Which is a little backwards in a way, <laughs> sure. But, you know, she knows that she can, like, when other kids say, like, she's trying to convince her friends, like, she was trying to convince her friends to do the Flying Pig this year before it got canceled, uh-huh. the marathon. Yeah. And she was like, my, my other friend their parent told me about this conversation in the mm-hmm. car she was like yeah she was saying we could do a couple of training runs and it'll be fine like you'll be okay a couple training to, this is what she's <laughs> saying to her friends trying to tell them like running a marathon is like no big deal yeah because to her it's not right no. i mean it was just like she she remembers the jelly beans that they hand out at mile yeah. like 18 yeah and the swedish fish they hand out at mile 10 and the pizza you get at the end and like yeah there's some like some hard parts but like whatever and she was one that had the easiest time with it too because i thought it was i thought while i was reading the book because you guys were like okay when we've just been hiking we do all this hiking i bet we're going to be in really good physical shape like our legs are strong let's go run this marathon and then i think everyone was like feeling a little smoked but she was like no that was easy oh during the marathon that was really weird yeah mile 18 i couldn't keep up with her (laughs) i'd tell her slow down because i didn't want to get like too far ahead yeah I don't know what that was about, but it was funny. I wonder if it's just like, I'm I'm thinking that it makes sense to me from like a body mechanics, like walking is different than running, but maybe just because she was small and like, I don't know. That's what I kind of think too. I don't know. I was dying. I mean, it was one of the most painful things I've ever done was that particular marathon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she seemed fine. In the fine. middle of hiking the Appalachian Trail. And then they're going, they're, and then they're like, Afterwards, they're going like climbing, like literally an hour after the marathon, they're going climbing trees and riding bikes and shit. Isn't it incredible? Wow. It's weird that way. That's why I I wonder, like there's all these like, that's one of the more controversial things we've done is like, I think my kids have run 
Some of them run like Wait, up why to 10 is marathons. That controversial? Why do people think that that shouldn't do that? If the kid Well, that's can- what I was getting at. I think it's so weird. I'm not entirely sure, but I feel like in the 80s or 90s, like a couple studies came out that said like running marathons is bad for childhood development. Mm. So then, which I'm sure if they're running marathons like every day or every yeah. month or if right. you're pushing them super hard or something like that, I'm sure there's a point where there's something. But I, I spent a lot of time like researching that, like trying to figure out what are these studies and what yeah. and I can't, I actually can't find them. Was it the same studies that say we should eat low fat? And then you think about like, yeah, then you think about they start training kids for the Olympics at three, but it's glorified if you get like, okay, it's worth it if you get a gold medal and your body's totally wrecked and your growth is stunted and you're like, whatever it is, but we're going to say, no, this kid can't run a marathon every month. But then we overreact. And then we like, because we're afraid of that, we put them on video games for 12 hours. (laughs) And then the leading killer in our country is actually heart disease. Right. Obesity, diabetes. It's not like safety or danger is a, it's weird as parents, we have these like things, these stories like stick in our heads. Mm. And then, yeah, I don't get it. So for whatever reason, that was one of the things that people were outraged by. Were outraged by. Marathons. Yeah, marathons with kids that are like all optional. I mean, like the story with that is I ran my first marathon. My first marathon I ran, I think uh, it was probably like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And I ran with my son. Yeah. He was 13 at the time. And I didn't know if he'd finish. Hell, I didn't even know if I'd finish. We we're just like, let's do this. We just did it. Yeah. And, um, and the kids weren't old enough to register. So we, I didn't even register them. I just, they just ran, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. and I registered, but, and then we crossed the finish line and we got a medal and we got pizza and the other kids, they saw the medal mm-hmm. and they saw the pizza yeah, of course. and they're like, we want to do that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so the of next course. year other kids ran it and then, uh, my wife saw us doing it. So yeah. she started, do- I mean, th- my point is like, we ne- I never like talked him into doing it. Right, they you just like, like th- we are going to be marathon runners. This family is a yeah. marathon family. Like, it's just <laughs> they just happened. thought it was the cool thing yeah, to do fun. if you want pizza and a medal. Oh gosh, well someday maybe I'll have my kids come hang around in your house because they're not going to get a marathon bug bitten by me. I <laughs> well, if you I'm show not- them the pizza, yeah, oh, at the end. But I'm not going to be. Oh, maybe I'll be. I'll it. be a spectator, but yeah. I will not be the one running it. I ran. Well, that's what my wife said, though. And she did it. I did I it. ran a half marathon back in 2012, mostly because it was one of those things where, like, if I am into fitness, I have to run yeah. a half, at least a half marathon. It was like what I had in my head, and I hated it. I mean, I did it. But it was so painful to me. Like I did not, there was parts I enjoyed and yeah, it's exciting, but I'm glad, okay, I'm glad I said I could do it or I'm glad I did it, but. So can I ask you a question? You can. Uh, Did you have a time goal? No. You didn't? No. How long did it take you to run the half marathon? I don't remember. I never stopped running. My goal was to to run consistently and not Okay, see that's interesting because I want to point this out because. This was key to our success in a mm, lot of fitness. It's here. Was so I read the book Born to Run back uh-huh. in the day, um, kind of like an ultra marathon running book. And what they said in that book with these people that run fifty to hundred miles a day was yeah. they never ran to a point where they were out of breath. And the way they knew that was if you could have a conversation while you were running. Mm. So when I st- picked up running about eight years ago for the first time since high school because I hated running so much. Yeah, <laughs> I had two rules for myself one is I wouldn't listen to music because I just wanted to focus on the process itself and enjoy the city and enjoy my yeah (laughs) but I wanted to I wanted to actually 
see if I could enjoy running itself. That was my experiment. Okay. But the second thing was I wouldn't run fast and I would never run till I was out of breath, which meant if I was out of breath, I would either slow down or start walking. And that's what we've done with our kids because mm. they, my kids would join us for three miles and they, kids, people ask, can kids run three miles? And my answer is, I don't know. But if you run and then you can't run anymore, you can walk. Yeah. And right. then as soon as you can start running again, you run again. Right. So a lot of the marathons we've ran, we did in like six hours or seven, like we barely right. reached reach the cutoff. Right. But we were never going for speed. And my kids, if you'll watch the videos of us in marathons, we stop and we drink beer, like this mm-hmm. is the adults. Yeah. Have jelly beans, popsicles. My yeah. kids will stop and go play on the playground. Right. It's you know, an event. You're, it's a day. Yeah. yeah. And well, it's just like, but we're not even the running continuously. I feel like there's this mindset that says you're doing it wrong unless you're yeah. dying. Yeah. Well, I often feel like that. It's really interesting because I hate to go, listeners have heard me say this a thousand times. I hate to just go outside and like do a run. Like just, I don't know if it's just like my pacing or whatever, but if I am like on a treadmill in a dark room and it's like interval, I love to run. Hmm. So it's not obviously like the physical yeah, movement th- it's a of mental it. thing. Then. It's a mental thing. Yes. And it maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just triggered by like seventh grade track. Yes. I used to be see, super chubby and I would like wow. hate running. Okay, in see, front that's of what it was for me. Cause I, I ran in high school cross country, hated it. So fucking miserable. I ran cross country every, after every race, I wanted to feel like I wanted to barf. So then I I quit running (laughs) because running was about two things. It was about competition and it was about like caloric burning and fitness and all that shit. Yeah. So I was like, screw this. I hated running. I quit for basically 20 years. And then after reading that book, I, I was committed to trying to figure out if there was a way to actually make it fun. Cause I remember back in fifth grade, um, I would run to school when there was a bus, there was a bus, but I would not take the bus and I would try and beat the bus to run and I loved it and I did it every day and I was like what was it about that so I created this uh paper that was called like fun I called it fun run Uh because that was that's what it was called in fifth grade where Mm. if my kids ran around the track they got a little gold star that they glued to the paper and Mm -hmm. if they got like a hundred of them they got a pizza party or something like that but they they enjoyed it yeah um yeah maybe I, I need to rethink I'm also just like maybe I don't like to run and it's fine it, it does kind of suck. <laughs> I mean, we, I think we have to be honest about it does. part of it, especially it when does. it's hot in Cincinnati. And right. Or the, like and, a hill. Yeah. No, I know. I feel that. Okay. This, uh, this is a concept that I love and I think it's arguably the hardest thing any of us will ever do. The ego kill. And you talk about this. The what? Like the ego kill. Oh, kill, ego kill. Killing your ego. And I think that was really, what was really illustrative to me was when, you know, I think about you sharing, you posted flicking Rainier in the face, mm-hmm. right? So kind of backstory, right? You're carrying your two-year-old son on your back mm-hmm. for a long, long period of time. You're fucking tired. It's raining. It's whatever. And he is like he, crying. He's screaming four inches from my ear. He's screaming four inches from your ear. Which is a very normal kid thing to do. Sure. When you strap him four inches from your ear. Sure. But you are at kind of at your end, right? You're like at the end. You react, you flick him in the mouth as like a, you got to stop crying moment, right? You could have easily not shared that. You could have not posted that onto YouTube for everyone to see and everyone to attack and everyone to give their two cents. But I think that in your mind, right, you wanted to say, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have, I reacted. I shouldn't have done this. So 
talk to me a little bit about like what, what was going through your mind when you decided to post that? Cause I read that and I was like, fuck, <laughs> because and maybe yeah. in terms of like parenting, right. That we are actively putting out there. I flicked my kid in the face because they pissed me off. Like no one wants to admit that or show that to other people. Yeah. Yeah, and this was kind of an ethos when we first created our YouTube channel. We did it believing, like, you know, everyone has their thing that they're good at. I think my thing is authenticity. Like, I was like, if I if it's not going to be real, I don't have energy to put it out. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not super good at entertaining people with, like, putting on a show. I'm mm-hmm. not super funny. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm super handsome. Mm-hmm. But I can be, I can tell the truth and yeah. tell the f- parts of the story that I don't hear out there. And I guess, you know, maybe those are the things I wanted to hear as a parent. Yeah. Because when I did post about that stuff, other people come out and they're like, oh, I do that too, but no one talks about it. Like, I make mistakes. I mean, everyone does. Yeah, I totally. mean, is there anyone on the planet that has not reacted? Well, and that's, what you, that's what you find out, but I didn't know that. I yeah. thought I was the only, I thought I was like a shitty parent, but everyone else oh. was like calm and collected. Oh. Uh, you come to find out everyone does that stuff at home. Yeah. Um, so I think, I don't know, my bigger picture goal, I didn't want to... The, the mantle of being a superhero to people, like, oh, we hiked 2,000 miles and we did it with a good attitude. Yeah. We smiled the whole time. Like, I don't have the energy for that. It's not realistic to me. I don't think... It's not even the point. Mm-hmm. But to tell people we did it and we fucked up and we cried and we bit each other's heads off at times and it was still awesome, that to me is a more helpful and motivating and true story yeah. that I'm much more proud to share. Because the other one, it kind of, kind of, I mean, it already isolates us. When people are like, even what you said, when people are like, oh, you hiked 2,000 miles and you ran a marathon yeah, in the middle, yeah, right, right, people right. put us in the superhero category. But he's a little bit superhero. <laughs> well, you got to give yourself there, a little bit of credit. We are weird. <laughs> There's like aspects of it. But when you break it down into little segments and decisions, I think they're decisions that everyone's capable of making in their own life and in their own way. Yeah. And, um, and I wanted people to like not put us in that other category and know, cause it wasn't, I don't think it's actually us. That's amazing. Like we're this picture of amazingness and I was blown away by my family, mm-hmm. but I actually think togetherness in any form is actually pretty damn amazing. Yes. Like the Agreed. trail magic, like someone delivering someone a cold beer on a hot ass day, a fucking pancake, setting up a whole operation. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. But it's, that's not us. Yeah. We showed that. We yeah. became a magnet for that. And the Appalachian Trail brings that out in people. There's a lot of heroes out there. Yeah. Though. Yeah. And I think there's a hero in each person. I mean, you see a fat person um, that they're like, well, I can't hike. But for them, like getting, if you know their story, them getting off the couch for the day and getting dressed and walking to the damn gym and showing the fuck up. Yeah. That's heroic. Right. 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 You know, and that's what I want to, I don't know. Like, I just wanted to, I felt like it's more accurate. And to me, it makes, it shows off the real kind of heroes of the story. Yeah. Uh, Why do you think it's important to show, to like practice that ego killing? Is it something that you do regularly? It's something that I try to do. And it's, that's why I said it's like the hardest thing of Mm -hmm. like, hey, you're not the most important thing. Or, hey, you know. Other to me, can. yeah, there's a level, there's a much deeper level of satisfaction, I guess. I don't really think of it as ego killing. It's not my goal. But I, I've, tr- I've tried the other stuff, like being the hero. It, it's kind of fun, but I feel like that you become, there's a dance that starts to occur where I feel like 
I have to start putting on a show and then maintaining the show and wearing mm-hmm. the mask. And from my religious background, that's what I felt like happened in this very spiritual sense where then you start to forget who you are mm-hmm. and your entire life becomes being the hero. Mm-hmm. And like it almost becomes the job in a way. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty allergic to that, I feel like, at this stage of my life. Um, so I'm like, if we lose a thousand subscribers or someone not liking what we do, I'd rather have them gone yeah. and have the people... And, and I've gotten enough of a reward in another way. Like like I said, when we publish a video like that, I'll get 100 people or 1,000 people will be like, I'm out of here, you suck. Mm-hmm. But then I'll get 20 people that'll say like, man, I wrestle with that and I've never heard anyone talk about it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you're my people. Yeah, right. You other people can go watch the Cosby show. Right, Or go sure. watch whatever. There's plenty of other stuff for you yeah, out there. Yeah, just hate yourself in secret. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not your guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I just thought that when I was reading that part of the book, I was like, oh, God. I just think it's applicable for a lot of different things in life. Being able to admit you make mistakes. And it's different than this kind of performative authenticity yes. that we see. And there's greater things than me going on out there. Like, And I get to oh, be a yeah. part of it. Like, So my mistakes even make make parenting and fatherhood and community and togetherness and even my kids shine the fact that they can get through that. So I wanted to tell a bit of a bigger story. I mean, mm-hmm. it is through my lens. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's, I, and that's where I feel like almost anyone can have that type of experience yeah. on the Appalachian Trail or even in six miles through the ice, yeah. you know, an hour away yes. from here. I, I don't think it's less of an experience in a way. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. There's just something to me that's very commendable. I just find it respectable I guess when people can be like yeah I fucked up I made a mistake I just feel like we don't see it happen that often people are afraid to do it they don't want to look dumb they don't want to look bad which I get it it sucks it doesn't feel good I love it but shit you know I mean as a I'm also a storyteller in terms of like what I find interesting in the craft I really appreciate and every good story starts with a relatable character sure. that fucks up. You know, like in Back yeah. to the Future, the first thing you see about Marty McFly is that he's late to school yeah. and the principal hates his guts. Yeah. And instantly you're like, oh shit, mm-hmm. I want him to win. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we all like we all like it when other people share their mistakes, but I think it's hard to share our own. Right. But it, it, it actually is one of the biggest ways to draw pe- caring people to you. Yeah. I think is when you become yeah. vulnerable. Or when you become vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. What's next for you guys? What do you have? Anything coming up? Are you doing anything? Man, I don't know. <laughs> we, I mean, we're talking about doing some climbing this summer. Oh, okay. Like a, like a free solo type of situation? No. Or well, like no, a, like Mount, you, Mount Rainier. Um, okay. With ropes? Uh, I mean, yeah, you're technically using a rope okay. for like glacier travel, but it's not like vertical climbing. Okay. Um, That's scary. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've spent a lot of, we named our kid Rainier, you know, so it's like, we, I'm familiar with the mountain. I've spent a lot of time on it. So it doesn't feel that scary to me, but things can happen. Um, we've talked about doing the PCT, which Mm. is the Pacific Crest Trail, which is 400 miles longer than the AT. It's like the West coast, more beautiful version. Right. In my opinion. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, but. Weather's probably a little bit better. Yeah. But I'm not sure about that. I mean. Kids are getting jobs and boyfriends Mm -hmm. and yeah, we're not, we're not at the same place that we were where, I mean, that's, that's like a six month commitment. Yes. So it's like, (laughs) do we want to pause our life for six months? And 
I'm just not yeah. sure what's in the cards yeah, for that. Yeah, that's fair. You don't have to have something planned, but... Yeah, it's kind of weird with those types of adventures. I feel like you have to... There's a combination of needing... You have to put it on the calendar, otherwise it's not going to happen. Yes. And you also have to hold it kind of loosely. Mm-hmm. Because with even shit like COVID, you like I know. you actually never know. I need to put a hiking trip on the calendar now that you said that. My, my 100 mile or yeah. near 100 when, mile. When is that for it? I don't know. I was thinking in my mind it was going to be like mid to late September. That's just what I had in my oh. mind. Why? Would this year. Yeah, this year. This year. Yeah. Is that a good time? It's a great time. Okay. But you should put it on the calendar. <laughs> okay, I need to put it on the calendar. <laughs> I mean, whatever oh. time is a great time, but... I really want to do it. I really, really want to do it. Now, if you're interested in the Wonderland, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, August is the best time. Okay. You could get away with it in later September, probably. It'd be a little less crowded, but too late in September. Cold. It's colder and rainier and stuff. Yeah, I don't want that. So... Is... you think How long do you think it'll take? Nine days? Um... Well, it's 95 miles. Uh, yeah, nine days is realistic. I mean, 12 days is... Ten, 10 days, 12 days is probably better. Okay. Like, more relaxed. Okay. Um, I'm okay with, like, picking up if I'm, like, have to get moving a little bit. The The tricky thing with that is permits. Oh, yeah. So okay. I'll talk to you about that. Okay, yeah, we can Off the air we because... I, I don't want to give away that. my permit secrets okay, to right. everyone. Right, right, right. No. <laughs> Not that it's going to like, I just don't want to make it harder for you this year. <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. <laughs> ben, what does being fit mean to you? I would say being fit <clears throat> to me um, means I, I like to be be working towards a state of being where I'm able to accomplish what I want to accomplish, whether that's mentally or physically. And I, I guess I would also say like, um, heading a direction that I believe in. Yeah. Movement forward. Movement forward. Yeah. I love that. Keep walking, hike your own hike. I love that. I also think I cried when I read that in your book. I think I was just having like an emotional time. I don't know, but the book was, it hit me where it needed to hit me. I will say that. It so showed glad. up at the right time. It, it really, really got sounds like it I was, did. I, yeah, it did. It I really dropped did. this book off on your mailbox. I know. And I didn't know anything about you. And I didn't know if you'd even read it, honestly. <laughs> oh, yes. You seem like you're like a busy person on Instagram <laughs> that has a lot of better things going on. I am a busy person on Instagram. <laughs> so I didn't really, I was, I, mean, I was actually kind of surprised to hear you read it. <laughs> And then to hear that you cried your way through it, I'm no, like, damn, it was, I'm glad I put that in your mailbox. It, I am really glad you did. Um, listeners, I'd love to hear what you thought. Call into the voicemail. Let me know. Shoot us a DM. Where can people follow along with all your adventures? They can buy the book on Amazon. We'll link all that stuff. Well, and I told you yeah. that for your listeners, yep. uh, since you... Uh, you enjoyed the book so much. Yeah. We can create a coupon code for our, if they buy it from our merch site. Yep. Okay. Where I'll do like 25% off. Great. And we'll, I was we'll just going to have the stuff. coupon code be like, what the fit? Yes. Perfect. But it, maybe it should be something about like crying <laughs> if that's more appropriate. <laughs> I don't want to have it be like, don't cry no. because I actually want people to cry. <laughs> I think what the fit is good. What the fit <laughs> is good. Okay. <laughs> all, yeah, all one word. But we'll put all that information. Right. You can put all that. Yeah, but if they buy it like for the next month or two, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll do 25% off. Okay, cool. Uh, because I hope that some of them enjoy it. 
as much as you did. No, I know there were a few a few listeners who have already read and, and were excited to dive into it. So I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Okay, wait, where, where can people follow you and follow along with all, everything that you're doing? Yeah, like our um, YouTube channel mm-hmm. and our Instagram page is all called Fight for Together. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because the message that you said you took away from the book was mostly about... Was it independent thinking or something like that? Just being able to live life on your own terms. Yeah. But you can do that with, you can do that together. Yeah, which is interesting because our <laughs> emphasis has always been on relationships. But yeah. But that's the message that a lot of people take away is what you said. Yeah. It's just permission to do whatever the fuck you want. Right. But that also just means then permission to have my relationships show up however I need them to show up in my life. Whether yeah. it be parenting, romantic, friendship, like whatever it is, like they're on my terms. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So if they type in fight for together, that's like F I G H T F O R together mm-hmm. on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Yep. So, like, I guess one thing I'll point people's attention to besides the book, if they don't want to commit to the book, is um, we have an hour long documentary oh. about the trail. Cool. Okay. So it's like an hour and it has like music and it, yeah. it's really fun. I'm sure. So it, Because you, you documented your whole time on the trail. I don't know if we made that clear. Like you did vlogs, you post it. Like you Yeah, have we the probably whole... posted 130 videos. Right. So you can um, really dive Which into is it. why we got both the hate and the support because yeah. people were watching the videos and following right. along. Right. It was really like a reality TV show you guys were producing on your own. Yeah. So people can watch the full video series if they want. that's a huge commitment yeah. that's probably longer than actually reading the book but it's a oh, different but, flavor you, like yeah. it's it's the kids talking and all that kind of stuff which is i do love how you had the the journal entries did you like from that? the kids in there oh yeah because one i was chatting about to someone and they're like oh yeah well i wonder what the kids think and i'm like well actually bitch he puts what the kids were thinking in the book so you that's can see. funny huh that their first thing is the yes. kids must. Yeah. I think people write off kids that. I think that's. I think that's some sort of. What do you call it? Like fucking discrimination or segregation. Right. Like or, they're not going to be able to handle it. They're not going to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. They, kids can't do sh- things that are fun and good and have right. good attitudes. Like, right. Which you know I don't want to. Which is interesting. Then if you have that belief system, well then what's going to happen when you have kids? Yes. Like you're going to put project that belief onto them apps and you're going to limit what they're capable of yeah that's the big thing like okay so i'll admit walking through a fucking blizzard with kids or pushing your kids so we did 161 days of 13 and a half miles a day yeah. okay i'm not recommending that to people yeah but also the life that we have right now <clears throat> with covid and being locked in houses and on screens we got to w- admit that's no fucking cakewalk either for no. children's development or health. No, no, no. So no. I'm not saying we have it right. Yeah. But I, I do like to push the conversation and say, if you're not even open to another perspective, shit, yeah. like it, right. it's hard. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed this. You have to come back. We can talk about something else. We can talk about something else other than the book. You can give me advice on my hiking trips. 1.8 miles away. We can, yeah. we can, sounds it's like easy. we could have, plenty to talk about it's easy <laughs> thank you so much ben thank you Chris. thanks this was really listeners fun.